Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Inside Envy podcast. I'm your host, Ken Bloomer. Thanks for listening, and we certainly appreciate your feedback. So keep it coming at podcast at envy.com or just drop us a comment below in the comment section. We look forward to hearing your suggestions for further topics, what you'd like to hear about Envy or guests you want to hear on the podcast. So let us know and let us know how we're doing. So keep it coming. Are you looking to buy a new bike? Well, we have a way to make that new bike day even more special. How about an upgrade? Check in on the Envy Trade Up program. We offer you a credit towards the purchase of any Envy wheel against your OE wheels, which tend to be a little bit yeah, mediocre at best. So trade in those hoops and get yourself some sweet Envy wheels by going to your local authorized Envy dealer. And you can find out more information about this program at Envy.com. Your bike deserves an upgrade and so do you. So check it out. Envy Trade Up Program. My guest today is Tebow Ruffin. Tebow calls himself the Downhill Grandpa. And he is the owner of the Commonsall Muckoff team, which is otherwise known as Riding Addiction. He's been running this team for about 14 years now and has been involved with the sport. So he's seen the sport quickly evolve into this Formula One-esque style of racing. But he's been able to manage to keep the team down to earth. It is a family-run team. His parents are very much involved, as is his brother, um, and it has a super relaxed atmosphere, but don't be fooled. These guys are mean, serious business, uh, being around the team and being involved with their testing. I was very impressed by the telemetry and the professionalism that this team executes on and it shows in the results. I mean, just look, they have a world champion. They have a world cup winner. Uh, the team is stacked. Like any of these guys and girls could win a world cup any weekend. It's, it's pretty amazing. And they've been doing it for years. So to keep it at that level is even more impressive. Thibaut is currently in Canada, separated from his team in this weird year that we're having. But when they get down the racing, it sounds like everybody's ready to go. We talked about how the whole pandemic has affected the start of the season and the training and keeping the riders motivated to the evolution of the sport, to their involvement in the sport. It's a good conversation. Really miss these guys. Can't wait to get back out to a World Cup to see him this year. And so let's just get into the conversation with Tebow now. Here's Tebow Ruffin. Well, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, crazy times, but can't complain. Yeah. How are you? Same crazy times, but uh, yeah, it's been it's been good in some way because we we managed to breathe a little bit more. I would say compared to every year since forever. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you you guys are just like bam 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 the season ends and you guys start testing straight away yeah yeah and uh yeah it was just like talking to a friend this morning and, and said like it's the first 
time I can spend kind of a down summer, like not do, not being at the races and uh, being flat out, you know, so it's good. And um, yeah, just for sure, I think it's our lives and we would prefer to be to be at the races and uh, and having good time there. But yeah, it's this is how it is. And uh, yeah, we'll have more more of this for you soon. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> sounds like it's going to be a really busy end of the summer autumn for you guys. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be flat. when it when it's going to start. It's going to be flat out. But um, yeah, I think at, at one point we had no choice that to make it happen, and it's good if we manage to make it happen for the for everything, you know, for the riders, for the industry, for the fans, for you know, for the world mm -hmm. in the end. If, even if the world's not turned around, the mountain bike world, you know. Right. It's good if you know if globally the industry of everything can can start to to live quite normally, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think we we all have been lucky in our world, in the bike world, that it's not one of the most uh, would I say like penalized world. No, right we've. So, I mean, there's many other industries that are hurting way more than the bike industry. That's for sure. I mean, that's if it. anything, the bike bike industry is probably one of the few industries that actually um, had a surge during this whole pandemic. Um, I just visited a couple of bike shops today and it was crazy. I mean, packed, just like yeah. people trying to get bikes and good luck trying to find something out there. It's a lot of stuff is gone. Yeah, that's it. That's crazy. I, where I live, there's a two or three bike shop, bike shops like a few meters away, and uh, oh, for I think for more than a month now, when the the good days came back to like in Quebec and winter was pretty pretty long, but since the good days went back, like there was at least twenty person lineup all days front of the bike shop. So. I was like, yeah, good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it's, it's it's good for sure. So you're in Quebec. Yeah, Quebec live life. <laughs> Man, it's have good. You lived over, have you lived over there before or is this the first time? Um, it's pretty much the first time we are more officially living here because uh, mm -hmm. I officially moved with my girlfriend in Quebec uh, last August. But, you know, since mm -hmm. August, we still had some more races um, last fall and, uh, you know, then jump straight back into testing and, you know, winter mode with the team. So I'm still pretty much away like once every month. So it's actually mm -hmm. the first time I, I had to spend, uh, you know, more than three months in a row in, <laughs> with her at the same place. So she's happy. <laughs> I'm happy because it changed as well, but, uh, you know, for, for sure I'm missing the, the, the racing life, but, um, no, it's good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this place is amazing for riding. I, I think a lot of people doesn't know it, but yeah, just the community around Quebec City, and I know it's yep. pretty much the same in Montreal, but just around Quebec, there's a few places that people are super committed into improving the bike scene, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, this, there's a few spots for riding that are just like amazing, you know? And, super uh, technical, isn't it? <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, yeah. But there's a bit of everything, but you can have super sketchy stuff if you want. You know, it, it's pretty much the same playground as you can find in the, in West Canada, like Squamish and that kind of stuff. For sure, maybe a bit shorter because um, the hills are smaller. 
right. but um, you know it's all super well made like you know since um, when winter stop they are good like there's a few centers because you can't really ride, ride wherever you want here because it's more like uh, it, it's all private um, fields and stuff you know and uh, so there are centers and in those centers they organize like group digging and stuff but there's i don't know thousands of people coming to to help and shape the the tracks and uh, you know it's all man-made in the end but super well yep. made and uh it's amazing to ride really so it's good that's awesome yeah yeah i i did the um mount saint anne world cup that would have been gosh 2006 i think it was the the cross country world cup there and i just remember it rained the course was like super muddy but it was so fun i mean that course was super technical like definitely favored somebody with a little bit of riding skill and that was that was a fun day on the bike for sure i think 2006 there was already the the sketchy part under the gondola yeah for you guys yeah <laughs> yeah it was but i mean just so enjoyable though i just that was one always one of my favorite races to look back at and really enjoyed that one a ton yeah i, I so. think the, the um, yeah the soil and terrain here is pretty unique and uh it's fun to ride because even if it's wet or dry or whatever it rides pretty much the same and uh mm -hmm. yeah it just makes everything super technical but i think that's what we like yeah, totally. I, I like that. I always liked, I don't like starting off in rain, but like if it, even on my rides nowadays, like if, if I can get out while it's still dry and it starts raining while I'm riding, it's, I, I don't mind it. It's, it's actually is pretty fun. Yeah, for sure. So this spring has been amazing though. Over here, we've, we've had a pretty warm and dry spring in Germany and only recently we've been getting rain and I did a couple rain rides recently and just you get on those rudy sections and you're hauling ass and you just you're just hoping that the front wheel just doesn't go away from you or something it's but it's it's super fun yeah it, it, it makes for for some more excitement but yeah <laughs> I, I remember when uh well for me for me it was winter like i, I think i ride i rode fat bike for because i have to in quebec to survive winter i, I bought a fat bike and uh, had a <laughs> really nice build the bike is crazy i, I bought a a salsa frame and um yeah got parts from um from envy you know the um, i think I, I don't remember the, the name of the fat bike wheels but and the bike 685 is, yeah 685 and uh, the bikes is i'm not sure it's even 10 cages so it's so light and so efficient it's crazy <laughs> and uh, i think during from I, I came back to quebec on march 15 until i could ride until pretty much first of may I think I, I did run like, I don't know, 800 kilometers or something. <laughs> I never wow. stopped because, you know, it was kind of a, the downtime with the bike stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. We tried to keep things alive with the team, you know, doing what we could, but at some time there was not much to do instead of, um, except doing social media stuff and try to to organize other things. But uh, yeah, I kept riding this and uh, it was amazing. And uh, I remember the guys in Europe were, were like stuck at home and pretty much not being able, even more in France, not, not, not being able to, to be out really because they could go away like just one kilometer from home. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, for bike rides and stuff, it was just not possible. And right. I, I remember them saying that, man, it's, it's sunny every day, just the perfect weather for being, for being away riding every day, but we just can't. And uh, yeah. That, that hurts. And, uh, and I remember saying them, you know, <laughs> it's going to be raining when the, the, the lockdown happened. You know? And that's pretty much how it is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Whatever. Yep. 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 So let's talk about that. I mean, you run a writing addiction, uh, your team and during the lockdown, obviously you guys aren't racing. So what do you do as a team owner to keep things going, keep the writers motivated, serve the sponsors? How does, what does, what does that look like? For sure. It's been quite a big shock when everything happened, uh, mid March pretty much. Uh, you know, we were all getting ready to go to port to to fly away to Portugal for the. Um, we were about to do a national race there before the first World Cup, and uh, I think they announced the cancellation of uh, Lusa World Cup, maybe the day or two day before we were about to go. And um, you know, for the for the riders, for the team staff, and everything, you know, those last days and. Even last month before the the World Cup World Cup start, you're just flat out to prepare everything to be hundred percent ready and you know to to to, yeah, to get that start of the season going perfectly. And uh, same for the riders, you know they are hundred percent on the training side, and uh, you know at some point you're training, you're training, but you know you want to race, you know. And mm-hmm. when you're just like touching it, they tell you like no. It's not happening. <laughs> like I, I, I'm, every, everybody was kind of depressed. You know, it's been a, a, a few weeks where, you know, the mood the mood was not like <laughs> really really good. But yeah, before I think before the um, the lockdown happened in France, we managed to do a few days of riding at the Team HQ, which also helped us to do a bit of content when we could before we couldn't. And um, yeah, I think it kind of helped in some way to be all together at that time and uh, just to yeah to, to to have fun to ride and not really focus on uh, the perform- performance side of it, I think, mm-hmm. and just you know yeah just share that time that's super weird time and uh, you know get get over it and uh, after that yeah for sure it's been still a couple of weeks when riders was stuck at home and not being able to do anything that has been pretty complicated. But in some way, they just accommodate to what they could and put some, you know, they all kind of build their gym at, at, at home and uh, trying to to adapt their training routine with what they could do. And in the end, I think they just managed to work on what they were not necessarily able to do in normal seasons. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, it's been good for them, and uh, they just work on their weakness and uh, on just different ways to work their their fitness. And uh, I think after that, they just came not smarter, but uh, just it it, it, it more it, aware. Yeah, more aware. It showed them that you know that's, <laughs> everything can happen, and you need to get over it and just make your brain to think differently and you know adapt. Right. And, um, yeah, as for the team, 
you know, it's been for sure tough because we didn't know. No, we can say that the bike bike industry is, is still going well and maybe even better than before. But um, at that time, you know, end of March, we didn't really know where that everything was going. And um, yeah, on our side, we just tried to to boost the media, the social media side of things, try to, mm -hmm. to provide more content and stuff. But, you know, it was it, it was really tough. And uh, I think we tried, we, we managed to do it quite good. But, you know, it, in the end, it will never replace the excitement of racing and, uh, you know, the, all that racing content, you know, but, um, mm -hmm. but that it hopefully everything is, uh, is over now. And uh, we are able to be back to testing, to training, to do everything quite normally. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's good that everything didn't last too long, you know, and uh, right. If we manage to get those racing at the end of the season, That'd be, well, that will be really good because you know that's what we need that what the riders need that what the sponsors need that you know every everybody's mm -hmm. in the in the industry need it you know yep for sure so when when are you planning on coming back over to europe then um well actually right now i'm not sure i can go back <laughs> for if, if i decide to go i think uh, canada's borders are not open yet i think they're gonna open them on June 20th or something. But um, mm -hmm. we have quite a few French nat nationals in August. So I plan to be back um, at the end of July okay. or beginning of August to to do those races as well, because I I still want to race this year. It was supposed <laughs> to be my 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 last year again, because it's been three years, it's my last year, but uh, last year has been so crap, so I, I want to give me another chance. <laughs> <laughs> And on a high note. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, that's it. Um, those few races in, uh, in, uh, in France in August, then uh, yeah, straight back to, um, to World Cups in September. And uh, it's going mm -hmm. to be really good, I guess. If, that, if this happened, the schedule is quite simple. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, you know, we all, we all, we all need this. We, we want this also to to stop training and ride. Yeah. So, um, the team as it's, as it is today, the writing addiction, you started 11 years ago. Uh, well, maybe even a bit, uh, I started it in 2006. Okay. So yeah. 14 years ago. Yeah. 14, Man, 14 years. Long way. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's, it started off with just you and then Miriam was the, kind of the second person to come on. Yeah, I started. So uh, me, I, I'm, I'm racing still uh, until, uh, sorry, uh, I'm racing since I'm since 20, uh, 20, 1998, I guess, like when I was mm -hmm. first year as a juvenile or, I don't know if you, or you, do, you say that in English, but yeah, I did a few races a few years by, by myself and um, we already started kind of a team with my parents and uh, a friend's parent um, was named Damien Spagnolo. He was um, world vice champion in Champery in 2011 behind Danny Hart. So he's mm -hmm. been really good as well. And uh, we had a team in 2002 or something with him. And uh, so with our parents setting, setting was helped to set this up. 
Yeah. So that, that was already that uh, how to make a game story in the background. But after mm -hmm. that, we, we both have been part of uh, different teams in, uh, in France and, uh, yeah, and European team kind of. And in 2006, I broke my knee, my um, ACL in June. So my season was over. And uh, that idea to start my own team was already in my head for a few months. And I just took advantage of this month of the bike to, to start this. And um, mm -hmm. I've been lucky to, to have the support, to, to find the support of, uh, of some really nice brand at, at that time. So I got support from Iron Horse which was mm -hmm. the DH bike brand at that time with Sam Hill and, uh, you know, yeah, it was the, the big time for them. And, um, you know, I hadn't necessarily like huge, I had some decent reasons at the time, but nothing, nothing crazy, but I came out with a, a nice, nice and clean project. And, uh, yeah, it all started this way and, uh, it's been good for, yeah, <laughs> it just helped things to to be where where, where we are now and um yeah i raced for three years on my own two years on my own uh, three years on my own two years on high honors then 29 um yeah 20 2009 on um commensal for the first year still alone and then Miriam joined me oh i think I did, I did four years alone and Miriam joined me for 2011 mm -hmm. and from that yeah, it started to, to be bigger and bigger, Miriam. Then my brother stopped ski racing because we both have ski racing background with my, with my brother. Mm -hmm. And um, he jumped into bike racing and uh, started to help me managing the team, you know, working mm -hmm. on the week. From that point, we kind of shared the thing as I was dealing the sponsor things, side of things, and uh, he was more doing the... Um, um you know organizing this uh, oh, I forgot the name just lo logistic you know yep the logistics yeah and um yeah so we we had two years with him and miriam then remy joined us in 2013 um so yeah remy won the world cup in Andorra that day that that year which has been uh, another <laughs> step forward and uh, yeah, from, from that, it got bigger, bigger. We became more and more professional because at the, at, the, at the beginning, it was just really small and uh, with really low means, I would say. And uh, it was also hard to convince the, the partners that we could be a big team, you know, and uh, at the same time, to convince the partners to to allow us more budget, you know, it's always complicated when you don't have, you don't have the money, you can have the big structure and, uh, you know, it's, 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 a, yeah. it's a loop that doesn't work. If... <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you guys, you guys have made it work. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I remember at the end of 2013, we had kind of a, an argument, not argument, but it, it was kind of a, a bit of a tough time with Commensal because I think the Atherton were moving from Commensal to GT. Mm -hmm. And uh, on our side, we wanted to stay with Commensal, but, and Remy won his World Cup. So we, we got a, a bit of a bigger statue. And um, it was hard to convince them to, 
give us more budget in the end to make things as a bigger way. But uh, it's been a few complicated months, but in the end, we managed to get what we wanted and uh, they gave us uh, their confidence. And uh, it really makes of a good step for, for the team. I think that year were kind of decisive. And, um, you know, without it, it would have been really tough to, 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 to go on the next step, you know? Right. But, I think, but but it's also it also remains a family affair very much so having spent time around you guys last season both in testing and at World Cups you know uh, when I, when I met you guys in Lacombe at testing uh, Miriam's mom was there cooking for you guys every night and you know at the World Cup it was your parents that you know they pretty much run that truck so. It it creates a nice atmosphere, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's always always been this way, you know. When <laughs> and it comes from the the time when we didn't have we didn't have the the the, the means to, to to have our cooker or like any truck driver or whatever, you know. When the parents of a rider would would be available to come to cook for us, they came, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think most. All, all our parents were have all, always been like uh, super committed in our sport and really helpful. Um, that they have always been always been happy to um, to come and help even more my, my parents. You know their their support our racing career for forever. Even when we were ski racers in the in the, um, in the past, you know they they were coming at the races just to see and support us, even if the mm-hmm. ski was a bit different because. Everything was taken in, in charge at the time. You know, we were with kind of ski teams, and uh, they didn't have to do anything. But in the bikes, bike, the bike was. You need to have your parent to start something. If you don't, it makes things a lot more complicated. Complicated. Which yeah. Is, which is sad, you know, because it would bring a lot of more people, a lot more young kids to bikes. If if it would be easy and less costful, you know, obviously. And, uh, right. But, you know, hopefully. You know, maybe there, there will be more structure in the past that could change and help people with less means to, to, to ride bikes. And uh, we'll, we'll probably bring some more talents to the sport as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's how it is for now. And um, yeah, just, the, you know, for, for us, my pa- if, if there would be my, wouldn't be my parent in the, in the adventure, we wouldn't be there as well because they helped so much over the years and helped us as well to, to save so much money, you know, my, mm-hmm. having my mom cooking at the, at the races <laughs> at the beginning, you know, she was just do coming and taking day off from her job to, to come at the race and help us. Uh, no, she, 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 she freshly retired. So she, 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 she will be able to. She's full-time. Yeah. She's full-time, but she, she got retired, <laughs> officially retired at uh, mid-May. No, no. I mean, she's, she's full, she's full-time for you now. Yeah. yeah. She's full-time in the team. But, but she, she got retired for, from, uh, uh for, for, from a job, um, mid-May, like in middle of lockdown in France. So she, she couldn't see it really, but, um, yeah, no, she's she she's flat out with us. My my dad as mm-hmm. well with uh, driving the team truck all the time. And uh, yeah, you know, at the point we didn't have the, the money to to do that. You know, having my parents here and doing that for for nothing for us was a huge help because it's 
if you have to pay somebody to do that, it's you know it makes a lot of money, money at the end, and uh, that's it. But I don't you think that that also lends to the atmosphere within the team? I mean, seeing you guys interact all the times I've been around the team, you you know some teams are very professional and it's very rigid the structure, and with you guys. There's structure. I don't want to say that you guys aren't professional. You, you're very professional. We'll get to that in a minute. But I think also by having that family structure, you create an environment that allows people to be who they are and allow them to maybe reach some potential that they wouldn't be able to reach in other organizations. Yeah, for sure. It's a, it's kind of a unique atmosphere, but yeah, it definitely one of our strengths, I would say. And um you know, we never we uh, we always tried to to have people around the team that have been sharing that I would say idea of the team. You know that mm-hmm. yeah that that family family thing. And uh, you know, Miriam for she, she she's been in the team forever now, and uh, you know she she's my um, sister-in-law. I think we can do that because she she's with my brother since. <laughs> since she joined the team pretty much. <laughs> and uh, yeah, even with Remy, you know, Remy joined the team, but was a, f- a very good friend before that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, even Amory, we, we knew him before he was in the team and he was really close from us. And we know those guys share the same value of family that, that, that we have and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. We all can kind of the same persons in the end, and uh, you know, it just we we come from the same place pretty much, and I think that just makes things easy, and uh, and yeah, just thinking the same way makes make things work, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just we we had a few try with some um, Kiwis with uh, George Brennigan and Camcol. It was really mm-hmm. good as well, but. We, we we had really good time and uh, you know they were really nice guy and I think if you if you ask them they had they had also very really good time in the, in the team but when this had to stop we just figured out that it was not that easy to make to make it work even more as a French team and French spoken team mm-hmm. we we did a lot of effort to speak as much as possible English uh, between us to make those guys feeling feeling good you know uh, mm. among, amongst us but in the end we just figured out that we were not natural and it was not easy to, to make that to yeah to make that simple you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah we had, we had those opportunity to make things work with only french people and uh, now it's something it's sad to say but it's something we want to keep or at least having French spoken people, because we, we just had Tristan from uh, from Canada this year, and uh, it works really well because he, he speaks French and uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's the American one who speaks French. So that, that, that's good. Nice, nice. Um, but you guys also run a very professional team, as we just you know said. And one of the things that impressed me was also at that testing at Lacombe having Arthur on hand, uh, being the engineer from common Saul, it's you, you guys are, it's pretty much formula one. I mean, you guys are running telemetry on the bikes 
it's, I think you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but you're using a mix of scientific data and writer feedback to create the, the best setup for each writer. Yes. Um, yeah, it's been, I think four or five years now that we work really hard on the technical side. I mean, harder than before. And, uh, I won't say we, we, we have been the first team to do that, but there was a very few team who were working that hard in the past. And um, mm -hmm. I think now more and more team are just going further into that direction because of those teams who, who were working hard are setting the, the bar quite high, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's really important to make the perfect, the perfect bike for the riders to perform, you know? If the bike works perfectly for the riders, it feels like, you know, just, you feel like it can feel like nothing can happen to him and it's only his capacities to, to, to perform and to push the limits. And um, it's good to try and see all the, I mean, different settings we can have during the off season. Because when we are at the races, we always have like a, a setup that can, that we, that we found in the off season that can fit to the track or a part of the track, you know. But um, also, it's it's our job to provide some feedback to um, to the brands we're working with, mm -hmm. and uh, I would say that the tele telemetry side of thing is also a lot to help providing concrete feedback to the brands, because mm -hmm. you know you you can have four riders testing the same thing, you, you're gonna have four completely different feedback, you know, so. It's 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 good and it helps to to summarize things and see where we are, you know, to mm -hmm. add another another line and uh, just help to 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 summarize it yeah, in the end. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that we do, you know, as a brand with Envy that, you know, we do a lot of laboratory testing on our on our equipment, but it also has to pass rider feedback. You know, that's you know, laboratories like. To us, it's like 50% of the, the equation, but you know, you can make something that looks great in the laboratory and tests out great. But once you get it on the trail, it feels like shit. Yeah. And then, and the opposite. you know, <laughs> yeah. And then you, you know, you go back to, you know, testing and testing, testing, but, uh, to see the level you guys were doing it at was really impressive. No, yeah. Like you said, we are a family team, but when we, when we need to, to, to be at work, to get at work, we, we can work as well. And, uh, yeah, we have a, mm -hmm. a strong team on the, like a strong technical team who, uh, who backs us. And, um, yeah, it's really good to have hardware and the guys like so committed and always scratching heads to, 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 to improve things. It's crazy during those team camps. And, uh, even when they are the HQ, the time they spend to, to work on the bikes, you know, team comes, I think there's not a night where they're not finished at 11 or midnight, you know? Yeah. It's like, yep. it's seven to, yeah, seven to 11 midnight days, you know, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. intense. Long days. But yeah, <laughs> we often feel kind of bad for them because of that, but I think they also like it, you know, cause <laughs> for sure when you, when you're at the race and uh, your guy is coming down and, uh, there's only green lights on the screen and uh, your, your riders end up winning a race like a World Cup or World Champ. 
you know, I think it's priceless, you know. And uh, yeah, that's it, the reward. Yeah, it makes for us the it makes for the all the the time you spend working for for it. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Arthur, I know, is a workaholic. I mean, just yeah. talking to that guy. That guy's that guy's gears are always turning. Yeah, even when he when he sleeps, um, <laughs> often when he wakes up and, and comes to you, and says, oh, I I thought about this while sleeping. <laughs> okay, um, Mia, I, I was just sleeping. <laughs> no, it, nice. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. Shout out to Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, he's, yeah. he's a big part of um, of it. You know, he's the it's a thinking brain of, uh, of the team for sure. And, um, yeah, all the other guys, the other mechanics are really gifted to, to, to make holy things happen, happening, you know? Mm. So yeah, that's good. Um, and, and you guys are in, also invested into the sport in other ways. Like I know Miriam is on the UCI committee for rider safety. Is that right? Uh, she's a writer's representative with uh, Greg yeah. Mina. Yep. And so she's representing the women's side of things. Yeah, women and yeah, more for sure more the women than the men because Greg is more in charge of the men, but it's they kind of doing the job together. Mm -hmm. uh, it was interesting. If so, I mean, not interesting, but it's good to have the UCI listening to the writers, even if I think for now it's still not enough, you know. Mm -hmm. And same with the, regarding the team, because we have a, we are kind of setting up like a team association right now, and it, it was born kind of in the um, in the past two months to mm -hmm. to build something that the um, the UCI would learn would um, listen more than in the past, because yeah, for, until now there's we teams are the Kind of pretty much the, the the main actors of the sport because they own the riders mm -hmm. and everything, and um, we have no word to to say at the UCI. UCI don't listen, doesn't listen us, and uh, they don't care about what we think and what we need. So it's we're always trying to change that, and uh, that's kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, same with the riders. You know, I would say that Miriam and Greg has a really small voice and i think they didn't they, they don't even have a voice when there's a, a vote from on the rule to uci they just bring ideas or writers feedback but they can't mm -hmm. they can't vote you know and same as a team as a um, you know the teams i mean the teams association would have that uh, representative that should be at the uci when they are voting new rules or even venues for the races, you know, because there's some venues who, who are more interesting to race than others. Right. But at some point, um, for now, there's just only people that vote. I would say saying 10 people at the UCI committee, and I would say on that 10 people, they, there's maybe, there are maybe two people who are really into mountain biking, you know. Right. The other guys are so it becomes become becomes more of a financial decision rather than a, a value for the sport. Yeah, I, I let's say it this way, but yeah, I'm more thinking like the the main guys at UCI, those who take those decisions, are not really concerned with uh, with mountain bike. Their thing is more road racing and uh, 
maybe cross country a little bit more, but downhill and uh, the other sports are a bit more backward, you know. So <laughs> it's not easy, but we try to 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 make an influence. Yeah, 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 definitely. Because yeah, I heard, I heard, I didn't didn't know that you guys were making a team association, but I heard that you know there was some really good collaboration between the team managers during the crisis. Uh, you know how to help each other out and uh, navigate the the situation. Yeah, it's been good. We uh, we had a few Zoom during uh, the last two three months, and mm -hmm. uh, from what it decided, it has been decided to to set up that organization. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if I should do tell this, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> happening and uh, it's good, you know, whatever. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's been good to talk with those guys and uh, see what's what was what was their situation even if we, we if we didn't get into uh, into details but um, and also talk on what would be the backup plans and uh, what we could do to uh, to make everything happen happening you know mm -hmm. and uh, nice yeah it's been good and uh, you know and always at the race we don't necessarily have the time to to talk with each other and uh, it was good to to see everybody when we couldn't do anything else in the end and, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah it was good that everybody was supportive and uh and thinking in the same way because in the end we were just that's, that's awesome yeah we were all like, agreeing on the same uh on the same points in the end so that was good mm -hmm. nice that's yeah. I mean, you guys definitely need to have a seat at the table, I believe, to make calls about where you're going to go, what you're going to do, um, what venues are on the schedule. And I mean, you guys are the ones that are racing those year in and year out mm -hmm. and know what's best, best for the sport in that, in that way. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, you know, on the, the safety rules, which, which are still like, you know, it's hard to control everything, but to me, it's still like, uh, Kind of a wake wake point on the at the races still because for sure you you can't cover a month. I'm talking on the for for the DH, but I think on cross country mm -hmm. can be the same as well. It, it could be even easier to to make it happen. But yeah, like I said, you can't cover the mountain with nets or pads on the rocks or whatever. But a lot there's a lot of situation when you look on the side of the of the track and you, you feel that if you crash at that place, you're just dead, you know, because, you know, mm -hmm. it's a bunch of uh, rock, rocks or cut, uh, cut trees or whatever, you know, and, um, right. you know, for sure, it's a lot of work for the organization, organ, organ, uh, organizer, organizers, yeah. yeah, to, to make everything completely safe, but they should take care of it um, at a maximum and there would be a like a there needs to be a, a safety committee to to check the track and do it needs to be more at, at some place or whatever you know and um, mm -hmm. this is not done at, at the moment or in the at the past few races you know and uh, mm -hmm. yeah that's it to me because <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> it's a dangerous sport for you we can't hide it and uh, for sure man riders are pushing so hard right now like even harder than before and going so fast you know. Yeah, I mean the progression in the last ten years is yeah. insane. And, you know the bikes are <laughs> when you ride um, 
a 2020 DH bike and a, I don't know, 2000 DH bike. It's all different and now the bike. This is, <laughs> the, this the limit is... now can be the, the, the rider and not the bike. I mean, before it was it. Right. Well, I mean, you know, let's be honest. I mean, the enduro and trail bikes of today are better than the the downhill bike from even 10 years oh, yeah. ago. That's crazy. Huh? I mean, it's 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 crazy how fast the progression's been. So, yeah. um, is there, what do you think about downhill becoming an Olympic sport? Is that something that's uh, a topic? Mm, not really, I would say. Uh, I was, Do you want it to become an Olympic sport? I'm not sure about that. For sure, maybe it would be just more interesting with sponsor. They would, we would get maybe more money for, from that. But I think the sport as it is now is good. We have a huge support from uh, from the media. Red Bull is doing mm -hmm. a, a great job with it, and um, I think fans like likes it how it is. And uh, you know, I'm not sure that. For, for sure, cross-country, I think, benefits to be Olympic. But when you look at the tracks they do at Olympics, to me, they, they don't look like mountain bike, you know? No. So I agree with you. So, yeah. I just want, I wanted to ask a question because, I actually, I don't I, – I think it's uh, – I'm not a fan of the Olympics. I, I think Olympics end up doing more damage to a sport than good because it's not – the riders that only the top riders at Olympics really profit from that or benefit mm -hmm. from the Olympics. Uh, but there's little to no trickle down. Plus you don't field the best field possible because you have all these silly rules about yeah, having and stuff. all the nation, the nations. And so particularly when you have a powerhouse like France, you know, you know, you may get three, four riders. Mm -hmm. Well, heck, I mean, how many top downhillers are in France right now? Yeah. I mean, it goes pretty deep. Right. So there's, there's a lot of, I think there's too many negatives to, uh, for any positives. Yeah, yeah for sure. And especially for, for downhill, because when you see what they do to cross country tracks <laughs> for the edge would be like so difficult to make something work because yeah. you know, yeah, that's the location matter that is not easy to, uh, to, to, to work out. So, yeah. And, uh, to be honest, I think, some people were talking about it maybe 10 years ago, quite a lot. But mm -hmm. since that point, I didn't really hear about that anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. No, I think DH is, as it is right now, is good. I hope uh, the, cri the crisis won't kill too much, um, I would say, teams as a start. But maybe, mm -hmm. I, I don't think the big teams will... Uh, We'll have some problem because of it, maybe some push of small financial problems, but the 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 more which will have some problem will maybe be the small teams as as we were in the past, you know. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I hope it will right. be okay and all the team will keep working, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, just I mean the sport as it was, let's say uh, end of 2019 was amazing, and uh, and yeah. Oh, just will be the same and keep improving on those weaknesses. And, uh, yeah. No. And I, I agree with what you said before. I think downhill is in the very unique position to have powerful media houses like Red Bull TV behind it, which provide a very unique, you're not, 
constricted to any networks or uh, needing to find commercial sponsors to put it on TV somewhere. Um, Red Bull is readily available to anybody anywhere in the world that has internet connection that can watch the races. And I think that's created an, an amazing fan base for the sport. Yeah, definitely. And um, Red, Red Bulls, which is good that is that Red Bull has a really good, um, I mean, they count on the sport as well. You know, we, it's mm -hmm. not like um, if there wouldn't be Red Bull, the DH would be, would be done. I mean, um, Red Bull also needs DH to, uh, to, to live, you know, sure. so it, it's, it's really good to, to feel that. It's, and, uh, yeah. It's a, it's a mutual relationship. It's, it, like, like what I meant, it's uh, it's uh, one of their, their best product, you know, to, to showcase on their, mm -hmm. on their channel. So like not, not especially DH, but mountain bike as a, as a whole. It's a, it's good for, for us definitely. And I, I think it's been just a, a huge difference on the before and after Red Bull. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's when the, would say it's when the salaries just start to rise up and uh, just makes all the difference. You know. Yeah, totally, absolutely. So yeah, um, so who do you who do you see? being able to take advantage of the situation this year and, you know, have a strong season at, you know, when you guys finally do get to racing, who do you, who do you see? Do you think we're going to pick up right where we left off in 2019 or do you see some new faces that are going to break through or what's your sort of prediction? I, I think some of the 2019 players have, have some unfinished business. <laughs> um, no, it's hard to say, but, uh, yeah, as far as I know, Amory has the teeth that that long, you know. <laughs> yeah, like touching the ground. He's ready. He's ready. He's ready to no, go. He was, he was ready three or two months ago, so <laughs> we can just ready her and and um, you know um, he had an amazing 2019 season, but the end of the season was well, it was really good in the end, but for him it was just yeah. like so so hard <laughs> to swallow. So and, was uh, he? Has he been pumping iron the whole time with like a picture of Loic on the ceiling and just like Rambo style? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, it was funny this winter. They had they had a few jokes it, uh, between each other on uh, Instagram. It was really funny. But no, I think yeah. that guy just want to win, no, no matter what. I think he's here for that and works for for winning. He don't want to. I think at some point he wanted to be on on the podium or whatever, but since he started to win and uh, he knew he could win that's mm -hmm. the only thing that matters for, from him i guess right now and uh you know last year he touched uh, the second overall title like it was really close and uh yeah that is so i think he want to probably he one of the best i mean not not for him but i mean you have to say that was probably one oh, of yeah. the best finishes in history of the sport. Oh, for sure. Even, uh, yeah, all the fans, the mountain bike fans were lived that races in the end of the season. Just the best ever for sure. And uh, that race was crazy. I think <laughs> even for him, I think he's, he's going to think about it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. For a long time. And uh, no, it, it was really good. And, uh, you know, just not only the, um, the racing side, but just the atmosphere around that. Was mm -hmm. really good because 
in the end, the whole friends, there's such a good atmosphere between all the writers. Mm -hmm. It makes a, you know, it's a good image for, for, for the sport as well. And people, I think from the outside, we see, we see that. Yep. You know, it's, it's, it gives really a good image of the sport, I think. But totally, uh, I mean, but yeah, I think, I don't know, for sure, there will be a few, a few guys who will maybe come out and, uh, and be readier than ready or just improve during this downtime and, uh, mm -hmm. and be able, able, able to battle at the, at the top. But to me, do you think there's any, like, given that the guys had to take a break, like the, the, the lockdown wasn't equal across everywhere, you know, like yeah. obviously in France, you guys, the, the, the guys in France were locked down. They weren't allowed to ride. Whereas in other areas, people were actually able to ride, you know, and there, there has been discussion in like road cycling, if that's fair or unfair, do you see any, any advantages or disadvantages to location during this whole pandemic? Um, at first we could have thought that that could matter. But in the end, you know, racing started in, in more than two months, in two months, let's say. So, yep. and guys have already, already have been at, um, back into normal training for a few weeks. So to, mm -hmm. to me, there won't be any problem because they're all riding right now, riding DH and they have two months to, to ride DH. So mm -hmm. you can really make up the last time. For sure, for, as for road cycling or even maybe cross country, it's maybe more complicated because you need more um, long riding time, you know. Base yeah, miles. No idea. And uh, it's maybe different, different and more difficult. But for DH, to me, it will be it will be all the same. Yeah, it's been kind of a crazy year, also in injuries. You know, you had, I mean, not so much in downhill. I haven't heard of anybody getting hurt yet but like you know if you look at the cross country side you know yolanda neff had that bad crash you know it was either at the end of last year or it beginning was of this just year. Uh, before christmas i guess yeah and then like you know now she'll be able to pretty much be recovered from that i'm guessing yeah. by the time the season gets rolling but then you just saw manuel fumik you know had that massive crash and had surgery and stuff and so now he's questionable for the rest of the season. So are you worried about your guys getting hurt or doing anything too much or, I mean, cause obviously it's training is a little bit different than, you know, being in the controlled environment of racing. Yeah. Um, I will touch wood to start. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, I would say that, uh, we first have been quite, uh, quite lucky with it because Thibaut Daprela. Uh, he damaged his knee at the first rate of the season at the end of February mm -hmm. at Amory's, um, yeah, Amory's place is uh, race. And he was supposed to be out until, yeah, for the first three World Cups in the end. And uh, those races didn't happen. So he will be ready and more than ready for the start of the season, which is good for him. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. as for the other riders, I think they they all had their amount of crashes and injuries in the past. And I think they all learned a lot from that. And uh, I would say now they, they know what they have to do to, to stay safe. I wouldn't say right. that nothing can happen, but something can always happen. Yeah, that's it. And, but 
they know how to be smart and not risk everything on uh, during training and riding but everything can still happen but and when when i saw the videos of the last team camp in um they did at the hq um, a week ago and i saw the, the speed that amory was carrying in the steep like this I was like yeah <laughs> okay maybe <laughs> <laughs> Man, that, that video, yeah, I think he posted on his Instagram and Instagram, and uh, I think Vital reposted. But you can imagine how steep this is, and you see on the video that it's fast, but yep. for real, it's so so steep, and I I, I don't know mm. who does that, so it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, good stuff. Well, we hope that you guys do have a great season. I would say, I want to kind of say end of season. It almost feels like it's because it's going to be yeah. so short. How many weeks are you guys racing? We, we don't know. We call it. Oh, yeah. uh, it's going to be two months. Well, two months, two of, months of, of work up, yeah, from uh, well, not even like one uh, one month and three weeks and a half or something. But yeah, two months. Uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully so it will be... happen because we we had a little of a conversation this morning with the on the team managers group and the, you know mm. um, there's still a few events like uh, even Leger Linzerite is still to be confirmed because of the right you know each country's government to um, you know to, to finally approve you know if there's public or whatever you know. And uh, a few mm -hmm. events could not happen if there's no public because they, um, yeah, they rely on the, you know, the fact, the public, the spectators' um, tickets to cover some some cost and everything. So mm -hmm. it seems like the pandemic is getting a lot better everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I hope the government will see that and. Uh, they will leave us easy with this. It's been way too long already. Yeah. Well, we certainly do as well. So yeah. good. All right, Thibaut. I really appreciate you taking some time to talk to us and uh, and hope you enjoy your time over in Quebec and see you back over here soon, buddy. Yeah, sure. Thank you, man. And uh, take care. And, uh, and all right. Say hi to the team, and we'll do when I, when we'll I see, see the them. Race. Otherwise, I would just say hi, <laughs> so like I say hi to you. All right. Take Thanks care. Fine, you too.